Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hey everyone, Dr. Mina here from The Skin Reel. Thanks so much for joining in to this week's episode. I have been thinking about what we're talking about on today's episode a lot these last few weeks because I have been on vacation with my family and we traveled up to New England and in particular we went to Acadia, Maine and we had an amazing time. We stayed at this glamping community called Terramore. So shout out to Terramore. We had a great time there, but we were really out in nature. We were doing lots of hikes and we were seeing a ton of poison ivy. And if you are not expecting this or you don't know what you're looking for and you are out hiking or even in your yard, this can definitely mess up your summer plans if you get exposed to it. If you've ever had poison ivy, you know what I mean. It is really, really itchy, can be really uncomfortable, and it can last several weeks. I had my own firsthand experience with poison ivy about 10 years ago, not quite 10 years ago, when my son was just a baby. We had just moved. It was my first time being a homeowner and I had a yard and I was determined to get out there in the spring and get rid of all the ivy that was starting to grow in the backyard and I was going to do it myself. And I think I at least had the wherewithal to wear gloves, but I don't remember 100%. But anyways, I was out there all weekend pulling ivy out of my backyard and I didn't see any poison ivy, but somehow I did come into contact with poison ivy and a lot of it because I was super swollen. I had these horrible rashes all over my arms and my legs and it was really unbearable. I tried to treat it topically and then I actually had to put myself on prednisone for several weeks to get it to really go down. And when you're a dermatologist and you have a crazy looking rash on your arms, uh, sometimes patients are a little bit concerned. So I was definitely glad to have that behind me. And it really helps give me empathy to people who are having itchy rashes, whether it's from poison ivy or not, because it really can be a bear to deal with and really, really uncomfortable. So at least at the time of this recording, 
It is summertime. And so I want to talk about poison ivy because it is definitely something that you will come into contact with if you are spending significant time outdoors or if you have a yard. Now, probably most people have heard of poison ivy, but you may not know what it looks like. But perhaps you've heard this little rhyme that we say to help remind you to stay away if you do see it. And that's the little mnemonic or the little saying, leaves of three, let them be. And that's because poison ivy characteristically has three leaves and it tends to be a shrub or a vine. So you'll see it more low down on the ground, but you can also see it creeping around trees, around poles, things like that. So it can be higher up as well. But the telltale sign is leaves of three. You want to stay clear of those. <laughs> Make sure you're not hiking through that or pulling it out with your hands. Now, sometimes in the autumn, the leaves, which are normally green, can get a little reddish and brown looking. So again, just really look for the three leaves. Poison ivy is well known for causing an allergic contact dermatitis. And this basically just means that you get an allergic reaction from coming into contact with the poison ivy. And in particular, it's the urushiol that is the allergen in poison ivy. And this is from the resin or oil from the plant. Now, not everyone, but most people are allergic to this and you get what's known as a delayed type reaction. And this is in contrast to a reaction like anaphylaxis, where you come into contact and you get throat swelling and things like that. With an allergic contact dermatitis like this, a delayed hypersensitivity reaction, you first have to come into contact with it. And then on subsequent exposures, that is when you will break out with the rash. And sometimes this can take up to even 72 hours for the rash to occur. So it is not instantaneous and it's not immediate. And that can make it really tricky to identify and to know when you've been exposed. So like I said, it's the oil, the resin, urushiol, that is this clear, odorless oil from the plant that is the allergen that causes us to break out in a rash. Usually the rash is red and very, very itchy. You can develop blisters and welts, and it frequently will be in sort of a linear pattern, a lot of times from the brush or the vine scraping along your arm or along your leg. So we typically see these linear, almost like scratches, if you will, from exposure to the plant. And again, you have to have contact with the poison ivy to actually get the rash. And as dermatologists, I'm looking for that more linear appearance that looks like, hey, maybe you walked through some shrubs or some bushes that had poison ivy that brushed against your skin. Now, there are some lucky individuals who will not react to poison ivy. They don't seem to be allergic to urushiol, and those individuals are really just lucky. For most people, you will break out in a rash when exposed to this. And believe it or not, you even can get an allergic reaction internally in your airways if poison ivy is burned. So if you are burning, having a bonfire and throwing in what you think are just leaves and twigs, if poison ivy is in there and it catches on fire, then you can actually inhale 
the urushiol and get an allergic reaction in your airways. And that's a pretty serious thing. And you definitely would want to call your doctor or seek medical attention if you're worried about that. So we've sort of talked about how to identify poison ivy and how to avoid it. And really the best thing to do when you are hiking or outdoors or gardening or in your yard is to be mindful of what you're walking through, what you're grabbing, what you're handling, where you are sitting down. You want to just quickly eyeball, make sure you don't see any vines or shrubs with three leaves. If you do, stay away from it. Even if it's not poison ivy, better to be safe than sorry. Now, what do you do if you think you have been exposed to poison ivy? The first thing you want to do is wash your hands or wash anything that you think came into contact with that urushiol, that poison ivy resin. And you want to get a good lather with soap and water and warm water, not hot water, because that can be irritating to your skin. So thoroughly wash the area. You don't need any special specific soaps. You don't need apple vinegar, which I've seen on some reports on the internet to use that. You really just need good soap and water and to wash thoroughly. You want to get all that resin, all that oil off your skin that you may have come into contact with. You then want to wash any clothing that has come into contact with possible poison ivy because again, that oil is going to get on the clothing and you don't want to be later touching the clothing and then break out in a rash from that. So any clothing that you've worn after being outdoors, gardening, camping, go ahead, throw that in the wash and give it a good wash to remove that resin and that oil. And you even want to do this with your pets. So if you are hiking or outdoors, if your dog likes to run through the brush outdoors, they very likely have come into contact with poison ivy and that oil can be on their fur. And when you bring them inside or they're sleeping next to you or you're sitting next to them and petting them, you can be exposing yourself to their urushiol oil from simply touching your dog's coat. So you may want to consider putting your dog on a leash if they have a tendency to run off into brush and you're not quite sure where they've been, or just be ready to give them a good bath after they've been outside and possibly an environment that does have poison ivy, because again, it can be transmitted to you later. Now, if you've done all this, you may still get a rash. And if you haven't done all this, you're really, really likely to get a rash. And again, that can start sometimes 24 hours later, but even several days later. So sometimes it's hard for people to correlate the two together, that they got poison ivy from what they did on Saturday, and now they're getting a rash on Monday or Tuesday. But if you do develop a rash, the most important thing is to try not to scratch your skin off. I know it is way easier said than done because it is so itchy at times. You just want to claw your skin off. But if you can cool down the skin and calm down that itch sensation, it will really be impactful. Because if you start scratching and if you break that skin barrier, then there's a chance that bacteria could then get into the skin. And now not only do you have an allergic contact dermatitis to poison ivy, but you now also have a skin infection on top of it. So you want to try to minimize scratching and minimize itch. Just be mindful that the rash you're seeing that's coming out, even those blisters, that is not 
contagious. You are not going to spread poison ivy to someone if they were to touch your rash. Remember that rash is from the urushiol in the plant. So once that has been washed off and cleaned from your skin or your clothing, then you are no longer contagious. So the rash itself with poison ivy is not contagious. Now, what can you do to sort of calm down the itch of poison ivy? Well, one trick I like to do for my patients who are really itchy and it's just driving them mad is to trick the mind from feeling that itch sensation to feeling cold or cool sensations. And you can do this by putting warm compresses on the skin, or you could put an ice pack on the skin. It feels good and it kind of numbs the area and it sort of breaks that cycle of itch, scratch, itch, scratch, which can really just go on and on and on. The next thing you want to do is avoid hot showers. That's going to be more irritating to the skin. Stick with maybe a cool shower and then apply a soothing moisturizer, something like aloe vera or something pretty mild no fragrances, nothing fancy, just something you would put on a baby. Pretty simple. You don't want any other ingredients in there to also irritate the skin when you have poison ivy. I don't love things like Aquaphor, Vaseline, those kind of thick ointments, which normally I love them for so many things, but they're a little too occlusive. And I find that it can make you hotter and not be as soothing. So again, stick with something more like an aloe vera or a moisturizing cream, perhaps something with colloidal oatmeal that can also be really soothing and help with the itch sensation. You can soak in a bath if you like, but don't do any sort of bubble bath or fragrances. Keep it really mild. I really like colloidal oatmeal baths, soaks. Those can be really soothing on the skin. And then as soon as you get out, pat your skin dry and then immediately apply a thick emollient, but maybe not Vaseline or Aquaphor at this time. Slugging isn't really what I'd recommend with a case of poison ivy. You want your skin to be able to breathe just a little bit more. Avoid things that are gonna dry your skin out. I know sometimes when people see blisters, they really want to dry them out. They want to pop them. So again, don't pop them. All right. I know that's tempting, but if you really can't resist, you can make a small little nick in one side of the blister and flatten it out, leaving the roof of the blister on. But again, definitely do not peel off the blister, peel your skin and avoid things that are going to dry your skin out. So alcohol, witch hazel, things like that may feel good for the first second or so, but really it's going to dehydrate your skin. It's going to burn. It's going to make the rash way worse. I always recommend that people take an antihistamine if they are really struggling with itch. You can take something like a Zyrtec or Allegra during the day, and then you can take something that's a little more sedating in the evening, like diphenhydramine or Benadryl. Some other soothing lotions that people have used can be things like calamine lotion, which has some iron oxide and zinc oxide in it, which can be soothing for itch. That can be a good option, although it will leave that sort of pink discoloration. Really anything that soothes your skin and helps calm it down is appropriate. Now, sometimes this isn't enough. And I know when I had poison ivy, it was so widespread. It was so bad. And I really needed something more. And that's when I reached for a topical steroid. And this is a prescription strength topical steroid that you can get from your dermatologist or your primary care doctor. 
And that's going to really help shut down that inflammation quickly. And if you have just a focal area of poison ivy, it's really easy to just apply once or twice a day and it really should help you out. Sometimes though, you really have more involvement than what a topical cream can accommodate or it's just so severe, you really need to shut down that inflammation quickly. And that's when you're gonna want to take prednisone. And that's what I had to do when I had poison ivy, it was that bad. You do wanna be careful though. A lot of times if you go to an urgent care or someone who's not that familiar with poison ivy, if they give you a short course of prednisone, like a dose pack, three day, four day pack of prednisone, it may help you out or it will help you out initially. But because it's such a short course, you actually have what's known as rebound afterwards where the rash comes back with a vengeance and you're back to where you started or even worse off. So a lot of times with poison ivy, you really have to be on a long course of prednisone for a couple weeks even with a taper so that you don't have this rebound flare afterwards. So just be prepared if it is really severe, you may be taking prednisone for a couple of weeks with a taper so that you don't have that rebound effect afterwards. A lot of times poison ivy can just be managed at home and on your own, especially if you've had it before and you know what to look for. But there are some times that I would recommend seeking medical attention. And that's if you've tried these over-the-counter remedies, nothing's working, you're not able to sleep, you're getting breaks in the skin. That's when you're going to want to see a medical professional. If you have poison ivy around your eyes, around your mouth or genital areas, then you should also see a medical professional like a dermatologist. And then, of course, if you've got fever, chills, feel like you have pus or a possible infection of the skin, again, don't try to treat it at home. See a dermatologist, see a medical professional. And then lastly, if you are having trouble breathing, if you are concerned that perhaps you have maybe inhaled poison ivy, if it was burning and you were exposed to that smoke, you could potentially have an allergic reaction and irritation to your airways. And so you would definitely want to seek medical care with that as well. The best way to treat poison ivy, of course, is to never get it in the first place, which once you've had it is really everyone's goal because it is pretty uncomfortable. So I would recommend if you are going to be outside, if you have a yard, if you're going to be in nature, learn how to identify poison ivy. Once you start seeing it, you will be able to spot it everywhere. It's pretty classic. The leaves of three are really helpful. And Google poison ivy, look at some pictures to familiarize yourself with it so that you can start to look for it out in nature. And it's really, really prevalent and common. So you will see it when you're outdoors, maybe even in your own yard. If you do spot it, avoid it. Don't touch it. Don't sit in it. Don't camp in it. Don't walk through it. And this is another reason too, when you're outdoors, stick to the trails. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why park rangers and people will say stick to the trails for erosion and things like that. But it's also for your own health as well. You don't want to be traipsing through brush and potential poison ivy. So stick to the trails, stick to marked areas. Don't touch things that you can't identify or name because it could be poison ivy. Make sure you're not sitting in it if you go to sit down. And I recommend wearing long sleeves and long pants when you hike. I know it's summer and some people may really balk at that idea, 
But if you're wearing socks and you're wearing pants, then if you are exposed to poison ivy, as long as you wash your clothes, it's not going to give you an allergic reaction. And it can also help prevent ticks when you do that too. But if you aren't going to be wearing long sleeves and long shirts and socks, then make sure you really can identify it and make sure you're not walking through brush just in case it is there and you don't see it. If you do spot some poison ivy, say in your yard and you want to take care of it, then make sure you are wearing some heavy duty gloves. And if you're going to remove it, you do have to remove the root. Otherwise, it will just come right back. So you want to remove it from the root. You can spray an herbicide on it to kill it as well. But also removing it from the root is a great way to make sure it's gone. And then just remember, don't go and burn it because then you're going to inhale the urushiol and cause inflammation in your airways. So just remove it, put it in your yard waste And then you're going to want to wash your gloves, wash all the clothes, everything that potentially could have come into contact with the poison ivy when you were trying to remove it. Make sure to give that a good cleansing so that you don't inadvertently get poison ivy when you go to fold your clothes or pick them up and move them somewhere else. Well, hopefully that has given you all some food for thought about poison ivy next time you are heading outdoors or in your yard or walking through nature. Take a look, look at the ground, look around trees and see if you can spot leaves of three. And if you do, make sure you're not going to then go touch it. If you found this episode useful, helpful, please share it with a friend and follow me at theskinreel.com on my podcast and blog for more great skincare education. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.